Hi, my name is Esther, and today we're going to be talking about the Ammons Family Demon Experience and some other really freaky ass shit. Keep listening to find out what the hell happened. Hi, welcome to What the Hell Happened. I'm here today with my friend Alice. Hello. Hi, Alice. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) So it's officially Halloween month. I know. The best time of the year. That's right. And you have so far purchased two entire carloads of pumpkins. I have. (laughs) I have spent probably $200 on pumpkins already. That's amazing. I'm really excited I hope they last all month. (laughs) I know. If they don't last till Halloween, I'm going to be a little upset. Just a little bit. But they're supposed to last two to three months. Right. Uncarved. Yeah. I'm hoping we're fine. (laughs) I think you're good. I love that you're just like driving down the road throwing pumpkins in people's yards. Yeah. You need some decoration over here. You need pumpkins. You need pumpkins. I felt bad when you called me yesterday. You're like, do you want some pumpkins? And I was like, no. And I was like, fine. Fine, don't take my pumpkins. I don't want you to touch my pumpkins anyway. That's right. Well, would you like to hear a story? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay, we got a good one for you today. Today we're going to be talking about the Ammons family demon experience and some other freaky ass shit. Do you have pictures for you today? I, there's only a couple. Okay. It's well, not, it's not a photographically heavy <laughs> case. I'm still excited. This is the story of Latoya Ammons and her three children, a 12-year-old girl and two boys, nine and seven, and Latoya's mother, Rosa. This is Latoya. Okay. Yep. She's got some awesome hair. She really does. Yeah. It's like a sideways mullet, though. It's like one side of her is super office ready, and the other side is like, let's get toe up right yeah she'd be perfect for stay at home working right now yeah because during a meeting she could just have one half of her face on the screen (laughs) right although i feel like that's a lot harder than having the party in the back (laughs) she looks like she's ready yeah it is super short and dyed black on one side and then longer and kind of like farrah fawcett yeah 70s wave beautiful side and it's dyed red on top and then fades into black like ombre well but it's got some pink and purple down in there it's very loud. Latoya looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> those earrings are, I just noticed, I thought that was part of her shirt, but um, <laughs> no. those are some ginormous earrings. They're enormous. They hang down past her shoulder blade. Yeah. Yay, sure are. So that is Latoya. In November of 2011, the Ammons family moved into a house located at 3860 Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. It is a single-story, three-bedroom house with a little screened-in front porch. It doesn't look like super... It's obviously not a new house, but it definitely no. doesn't look 1800s or... Ni- no, or, it's, you know. it doesn't look like a cool farmhouse. Right. It's not super old. It is a little bitty house. It's in desperate need of maybe a roof and a power washing. It looks run down. Yes, it's definitely run down, but not enough to give me like a time period of when this bad boy was. Well, I would say apparently, it, you know, haunted yeah. or you know, a portal was opened somewhere. We don't know yet. <laughs> I, but... I think portals are timeless. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, that's fair. I've never met a portal with, its, with a timestamp on it. I think they either just are or they're not. After the family moved in, they claimed black flies swarmed the porch in December and kept returning even after the family believed that they had killed them all. Ugh. 
rough. Yeah. They start showing up when there's dead things. Well, and they're showing up on the porch, but the porch is screened in. So they're showing up inside the porch, in the house, not just on an open porch. If it were an open porch, it'd be like, okay, something died underneath, which... I was going to say, it definitely looks like something could have died underneath. Yeah. Like a groundhog or a skunk or... There is a lattice around the bottom there's of this porch. There's a crawl space. Yeah. yeah. So something could have died under there. But in December, though, too, that's kind of odd because it would be cold in Bugs Indiana. Bugs should have died by December, yeah. for sure. Or, you know. And the animal would have frozen or been cold, refrigerated. Right. <laughs> so that is a little bit odd. We'll give them that one. After this, the activity picked up. Rosa, who was the grandmother, allegedly witnessed a shadowy figure of a man pacing in the living room and claims to have been choked by an unknown force. One evening, while at a sleepover, Latoya's daughter was sleeping and her friends woke to her levitating above the bed. When she awoke, she had no memory of the incident. So I feel like that's just basic sleepover stuff right. for girls. Uh, were we playing light as a feather, stiff as a board? Right. What because kind of Ouija was involved? Yes. Exactly. And was the sleepover at this house or was the sleepover someone else? It was was at a friend's house. Okay. So the girl is the problem here. Maybe. Yeah. We're talking about this. Her and her friends. Cray cray little girl. Her and her friends opened a timeless porthole. (laughs) Again. They they were playing some crazy shit. Yeah. And don't know how to close that door when they open it. You got to close that shit out. Ugh. I've said this before in other episodes, but we don't have a Ouija board. I, I, nope. I had one a very long time ago. Yeah, there's one in my mug, but I don't think that counts because there's no, there's no thingamabobber. In my Halloween decorating, I was definitely going to go with the Charles Manson theme and go yeah. super demonic with it. And I was like, that's Because where... that won't open a portal or no, anything. No, and I was like, this is definitely where I draw the line. There will be no upside down crosses, none of that. Right. That is something I don't mess with. Give me all the blood and guts. <laughs> we can do cannibalism in the that's kitchen. Right. But upside down crosses is the end of it. And that is yeah. where I draw the line. <laughs> well, it's nice to know where your line is. <laughs> okay, yeah. So she's the daughter levitating at a friend's house. I'm, Who did not do that? Especially girls. Yeah, we yeah. definitely oh, yeah. did that. Oh, yeah. We love to scare the pants off each other. Yeah. It's crazy. Why are boys not like that? Why are we like that? I don't know. Because, what, are, what do boys do at sleepovers? I don't know. Young? I don't like, know either. I, do they all just not scare? They don't get scared? <laughs> I think probably. I mean, when I was younger, video games were definitely a thing. So they probably um. just video games and... Yeah. That's a ter- terrible stereotype of a young boy. Is right? They just play outside and play video games and eat food and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's probably it, though. They probably had nowhere near as much fun as we no. had. <laughs> no. We were contacting demons and shit. <laughs> that's right. We are all fucked up. We were making things fly off the walls. <laughs> exactly. And right. Bloody Mary. Talking to Bloody Mary in the yes. bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we had way more fun than the boys did. Exactly. <laughs> There's no way boys did that. Maybe that makes us the stupid ones. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's why we live longer. Women live longer than men, though, too. Scared the shit out of each other so much as children were like, nothing scares us. We're good. Right. We're, we're fine. fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it through this. This, this shit ain't scary. What are you afraid about? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so funny. So the younger son would have his eyes roll back in his head Ooh. and a voice that wasn't his saying things like, 
it's time to die. I want to kill you. Whoa. Is that what boys do at sleepovers? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) There was a girl in school that would fall asleep in class and she slept with her eyes open (gasps) with just the whites and it was the freakiest shit. We all tried to wake her up because like nobody wanted to see that shit. (laughs) We were like, please. My dog sleeps like that and I hate it. Yeah, Yeah. that's terrible. When I look over and his eyes are open, but they're all jacked up looking, I'm like, dude, no, I kick him and wake him up. You need to fix that. I don't want to see it. I'm like, come on, buddy. Snap out of it. I always hope he's not just going to like murmur something in a deep voice. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Be like, I love you, dog, but now you're an outside dog. Uh (laughs) Uh, One day while the family was home, some kind of supernatural force started throwing the children into the walls and around the house. Latoya and her mother, not knowing what to do or think, called the police and told them that her children were getting picked up and thrown around the room. This happened on numerous occasions, and each time the officers would respond. There were even a couple of psychics that came to the house and claimed that there were over 200 demons gathering in the tiny home. Portal. Yeah, portal. Called it. Portal. There's definitely a portal in this bitch. Yeah, sleepover Ouija board portal. Yeah. Maybe this girl opened this shit up. I don't know. Yeah. But this is a portal. I like that theory. I mean, I hadn't thought of that as I was typing this out. But, I mean, it does seem like she went to the... Although the black flies started before. But I still feel like that could be an animal explanation. I think the flies just honestly suck. And can be explained away. So, of course, the officers that came to the house started thinking that there was some kind of child abuse possibly going on in the home. Probably grandma. Um, Right, yeah, Grandma's picking these kids up (laughs) over her head and giving them a chuck. Probably, yeah. Yeah, Grandma's. Sheesh. (laughs) At this point, a child protection caseworker was assigned to investigate the goings-on in the home. The caseworker that was assigned to the Ammons case was a woman named Valerie Washington. As part of the investigation, the Ammons children, accompanied by their mother and grandmother, were taken to the hospital for a wellness check and to make sure that the general health of the children was good. Which well, makes that's, sense. That's good. Yeah. I mean, somebody's getting thrown across the room. Somebody better check it out. So I was thinking that it's odd that on one hand, this mother's calling in and saying these things are happening to my children. So that's kind of weird. The mother, if she were abusing she her was, children... Right. Would call in on herself. She wouldn't call on herself. And then the other thing I was thinking is, what if she was doing something to the children, but she called in claiming that it was demons just to have an excuse as to why the kids were banged up? Things happen. Yeah. I have seen in real life yeah. children thrown across rooms. By demons. By real people. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, oh, my bad. By real people. <laughs> and then stories concocted oh, yeah. to hide that up, you know. Has it ever been a demon, though? Nope. Nope. This is a new one. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a new one. So while Valerie and the Ammons family were at the hospital, they were sitting in the waiting room, and Valerie was talking to a psychologist. As they were chatting, Amante, the youngest son, stands up and walks to the middle of the waiting room. His eyes roll back in his head, and he begins making a growling sound that was too deep and guttural for a seven-year-old to really be making. Rosa, his grandmother, walks over to Amante 
and as if she was used to this happening, stands in front of him, grabs him firmly by the hands, and begins to repeat, you are not you. What? Yeah, that's that was <laughs> Like she didn't walk over, slap him, and say, snap out of it. Out of it. <laughs> Grimmel says, wait the fuck up, kid. Right. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, no, she didn't do that. She <laughs> she acted like this was something that she's done before, which was kind of odd to this caseworker. Yeah, who says you are not you? I understand. I would freak out. What's going on? Are you okay? Wouldn't it be like, you are not you? <laughs> that's like the creepiest shit to say. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it just doesn't seem next time legit I, to Next me. time I think that you need a Snickers, <laughs> I'm just going to walk up to you and be like, you are not you. I don't know. I love me some Betty White. I think I'm Betty White on like a daily basis. So you do? <laughs> I love that. I know. But I'm surprised. <laughs> She's like the coolest person on the planet. She is the coolest. So as Rosa is repeating this phrase, Amante begins slowly backing up with Rosa still holding his hands. As he backs up to the wall, he begins putting his feet up behind him (gasps) and begins walking up the wall, all the while still with hands locked with his grandmother. The psychologist and the caseworker are watching this in disbelief as the child walks nearly to the ceiling, leaps forward over (gasps) his grandmother doing a flip, and lands on his feet. I literally have goosebumps. This is not something I'm okay with. I know it's the not. The backwards walking this is, is not it. I saw that. I was like, this is the one. It is odd, I think, that he his feet made it all the way to the ceiling. I do not, however, think that it's odd that he was able to use leverage right. to get a little ways up the wall. Exactly. Um, but all the way to, almost all the way to the ceiling, a lot of the accounts I read said he was on his tiptoes, sort of, up by the ceiling. And then to leap forward over a person, an adult, right. flip and land on your feet. I mean. Do we have a picture of Grandma? I do not. Because how would she, her tiny little self, I imagine a tiny grandma. She she's, may not she's be tiny. Not, she's not that old. She's, oh, okay. I, I think that there's a young lot of mom. young generations here. Yeah. Okay. So either this is something that she does with him on the normal basis. Right. And he just does this thing where he, you know, and she is strong as shit. Right. And she <laughs> is holding his weight at this point. But the kid's six, right? He six is or seven, you said, seven. right? Seven. He's the youngest. Yeah, he's seven. Okay, so how is a six or seven year old tall enough, even on top of his grandma's head, to actually be like? Well, I mean, if you look at our ceiling here, I mean, it it depends too. I mean, I, we don't know how high the ceilings in the hospital were, but I still just think that that is a plausible leverage situation. Yeah, it is up to a certain point on the wall. I don't think you could go all the way up. No. I'm more impressed by the grandma in this situation. (laughs) The kid, you know, I think 100% the kid could do this. Yeah. If he had a bed or a pile of pillows, he could walk his way up He could practice it, right. He just was like, hey, grandma. Get ready. I'm going to jump on your shoulders. She would have to be either super beastly or super controlled gymnastically to do this as well. Well, and especially I think the more crazy thing is that he flips over her and lands on his feet. 
I, I, I'm not sure the like Best leveraging up the wall was so weird, but and especially if they had their hands locked together, Grandma would have had to have done like a backbend. Right, she would have. Unless I mean, he let go, but it didn't say he let go. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. Again, Grandma would have to be like an acrobat to have it happen. Definitely. So, so you know, I'd have to see her. You know. Rosa, I'm gonna need your resume. <laughs> right, I'm seeing like a tiny little grandma no, that is. She's not tiny. She's okay, in, and she's not like an old grandmother. I called Grandma straight out the gate. So if anybody's at fault here, it's Grandma. Okay. So the psychologist and the caseworker who watched this whole thing play out, they run from the room and get a doctor and some help. But upon returning, Amante is sitting in a chair next to his grandmother with no recollection of the incident at all. Of course. No. Why'd you leave the room? Somebody had to stay there and see what happened. If you're going to document some shit, you can't leave the room. No. Although I would run my ass off from a kid walking up a wall, too. You wouldn't have been there for the flip. You would have been done the minute his feet touched the wall. Uh Uh-huh. I'd have been gone. Gone. (laughs) So a different account by the family's doctor that visited the house during the alleged haunting said that he noted that their behavior was delusional. And another witness told the caseworker that the kids were performing for Mm -hmm. LaToya and Rosa and said that she likewise encouraged the weird behavior. There were a few people in this story that were like, no, no, this is just, they're just being weird. Those are the people you got to talk to. Yeah. The legit people that know them. The neighbors. The people that are watching them all the time. The psychologists, especially police and court appointed, suck. Not anything against the profession. They try really, really hard. They want to do what's best for these people. But you don't know those kids. You're not in their life. And you get to meet them three times, tops. Yeah. And you're supposed to have any say in what's going on. Isn't their fault. They clearly, there's not enough people to go around to protect every child. But they try their best. But the system is just not great. No, it's not. And a lot of times, you know, in this case, it seems like they kind of stepped in because things were odd. But I've watched a lot of things where no one steps in until it's too late. They're kind of on it in this case, which is good. But there are a lot of... Again, mom called on herself, though. (laughs) Well, that is true. She didn't outrightly say it's a demon, so I guess they just assumed it was her. Or grandma, who has superhuman strength. I'm just saying, grandma is definitely the shady one. She's on your radar. (laughs) Yep. Grandma's the instigator. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I like it. (laughs) April 27th. Eight days after the hospital incident, the Lake County Sheriff's Department also sent out an officer by the name of Tenant Gruska to be present during the evaluation of the Ammons and their home life. Upon arriving at the home, Valerie, the caseworker, pulls Lieutenant Gruska aside and explains what had happened at the hospital eight days previously. Lieutenant Gruska decides to have two other officers come to the house for the home study. Agreed. Yes. So now we've we've got the caseworker there and we've got a couple of deputies there. This house must have a history or some shit because that is not regular practice to even have one officer. So I would assume that they probably requested an officer be there just because they were afraid for their well-being because some weird things were happening with these people. Well, yeah. So You mean the caseworker. Yeah. Yeah, the caseworker. She would have been like, I saw this weird thing. I I need some backup. Right. 
So once the other two officers had arrived, the caseworker and the three deputies walked from the front yard towards the front of the house. At this point, LaToya tells them that she and her children will not go into the house and that they have in fact not been living there for the last few days. LaToya's mother, Rosa, agrees to escort them into the house. They enter, and Lieutenant Gruska is in charge of photographing and recording during the home study. Being that they were not aware that the Ammons had moved out of the home, uh, it made for kind of a strange inspection for their home study because they weren't the family wasn't actually living in the home. Right. But I think that some of their stuff was still there. I think they kind of just got the heck out. Right. Just so. were staying with somebody else, in which case CPS is required to do another to go home to the study other house. Right. at the other address. Right. So, But so. <laughs> that's not what happened here. I don't know where they were staying. I couldn't find out where they had gone, but they vacated this house because they were like, nope, we're, we're done. Like, there's been too much weird stuff. So... They, they go into this house, and I, I mean, this is just like inspecting a vacant, right. you know, property, and which doesn't make sense. shit turned all up on the, you know, furniture everywhere, nothing. No. They looked around the home taking pictures and soon moved to the basement that has a stairwell leading to it from the kitchen. There were wood stairs leading down to a concrete floor. Okay. Um, like most old Basements, yeah. yeah. The basement is where LaToya and the children claim that most of the activity happened. As they reached the bottom of the stairs, they noticed a bunch of candles lining the walls. Well, duh. <laughs> there was a makeshift altar set up. There had also been a nativity scene placed under the stairs. Weird. And also candles lined up around the walls and an altar. I mean, if I walked down in any basement and saw that, I'd be like, nope. I'm dead. Latest. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Especially in a basement or an attic. They don't have an attic there, clearly. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. If I walked into somebody's house and it wasn't Halloween month and they had an altar and candles set up and in their dining room, well, I'd this be is like, December. No. Okay. I'd be like, no, bye. So I totally get the nativity being set up. <laughs> but why under like, the stairs December. in the basement? <laughs> right. <laughs> Serious hoodoo shit. Yeah. Or they're just terrified and grasping for whatever they can think of. I was looking for like a hoodoo connection. No. Nope. We're not even in the South. Nope. Like, no voodoo look, stuff. Yeah. No. So. Nope. As far as we know, no voodoo stuff. Just what the kids were doing at the sleepover. Right. Bloody Mary is yeah. definitely in the house. We yes. get it. As Lieutenant Gruska goes to photograph the nativity scene, he notices that the floor under the stairs is all dirt. The concrete floor looked as though it had been broken away, leaving a jagged edge. Stop. Yeah, so it's just dirt under the steps. Those buried yeah. under there. That is a terrible basement. Yeah, these steps, um, there's not a ton of them, although this may have been taken kind of halfway up the steps. I'm not sure. Uh, but there's probably like six or seven steps, and then the backs of the steps are open, so you can see under the steps, which I hate. I hate. Why as children, we all ran up the basement yes. steps. Yes. When they questioned Rosa about the items in the basement, she simply told them that there was a presence down there. That's all she said. But I no, don't I feel like lighting candles always makes things worse. Don't do that shit. 
Candles can be creepy. Yeah. We just, <laughs> I just don't light them, you know? Yeah. Candles are one of those things where, well, I mean, maybe it wasn't a creepy thing. Maybe they lit them in a romantic kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of romance they into, I mean, but... All Rosa says is there's a presence down there, and she won't really say much more. But at this point, Lieutenant Gruska and one other officer stay in the basement to take a few more pictures as Rosa, the caseworker, and the other officer go back upstairs. When Lieutenant Gruska returns upstairs, Rosa meets him at the door, and as she's about to turn the light off to the basement, she asks him if he got pictures of the underneath of the stairs. He confirms that he has, and she tells him that sometimes at night, while they're sleeping, they hear some kind of racket in the basement that sounds like someone bumping the underside of the stairs and then footsteps walking up the steps before stopping on the other side of the basement door. No one in the family was ever brave enough to open the door, and they never heard the feet go back down. Somebody's buried in that hole. Let's Uh, get some... we, We get there. Okay, all right. After Lieutenant Gruska hears this, he quickly gets back to his office and uploads the pictures from the investigation and specifically finds the ones of the basement under the stairs. Yes, please. So that's that. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's it. Um, As he's (laughs) examining the photos, he notices a white mist under the stairs on the right side of the steps. Now, this picture is not of that. And I tried like hell to find that picture of the miss and I couldn't but they were taken by the police so I don't know if those have ever been released or anything I don't like pictures with miss I think it's suspect all the way around same with orbs for me orbs do not really unless they are like really bright and there's no light source at all whatsoever you know which your camera is always Mm -hmm. a light source so I just those kind of things I kind of shove off to the side So I, I'm not, I'm not feeling as mist. So he sees a white mist under the right side of the steps. And as he zooms in, he can see that it looks like there is a man's face in the mist and a very faint green mist on the left side that seems to look like a woman's face. Hmm. And you can see in my notes here, I put no picture of this mist. That's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like this cop's uniform also has a I want to believe sticker on it. All just I like can... my uniform. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Or I do believe. Right. No police officer would go in and be like, there's some mist in here. Yeah. That's not how this works. They're investigating for child abuse circumstances, and now all of a sudden they're paranormal investigators. Like, why are they in the basement? Right. I mean, yeah, you go down there, you look around for a second. As long as there's no chains on the walls or no, you know, buckets in the corner that your kids are pooping in, you have no business being there. It doesn't matter. They're way too ready to jump on board. Oh, they're ready. this. This is not something that normally happens. No. Typically, I think officers remain pretty, like, just the facts, man. Um, So there's no picture of this mist. Could not find it. In another picture of the outside of the home that was taken, there was what appears to be a human-like form in the window of the front porch. Now I do Uh, picture that. Okay. Oh, okay. That's clear. Yeah. You can almost see eye holes. Eye holes, yeah. And a mouth. Yeah, and, and almost, almost legs. Yeah, but it looks like a skeleton, not like a ghost. Yeah, 
It's it's definitely like a human form, but what is weird is kind of where I see this leg. The leg would have to be super long to be on the floor. Yeah, but look at the inside door. It goes higher. I'm thinking there's steps in there. Maybe. Is it just me or does it look like there are breasts? (laughs) What you're saying is breasts, which I definitely... I mean, Can't I can see. see some boobs there, but I, I'm seeing it as a rib cage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It almost looks like a skeleton. It's April now, so just having a skeleton hanging around. Wow, okay, so four months. They didn't follow up. No, they weren't super quick about it. This is it. terrible. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like CPS on this. Maybe they levels. were just, like, too afraid to go to All their right. house. What if demon children get put on the bottom of the list? The last Maybe to check they do, because they're like, I don't know. I don't think anything actually is bad happening to these kids. Nope. Possessed demon child. He got this. Right. He good? <laughs> I, I don't He'll be throwing his mom around the room in a right. minute. So I do think it's something in Just the house. Or reflecting off the it's, window. Right. This could be a tree. Yes, or, it could be that tree right there. Yeah, it could be a tree or it could be a telephone pole. You kind of see the reflection of the tree branches behind it. Behind it. So I don't know. It's interesting. I, I wouldn't say 100% believe it, but it's interesting. It It is. Yeah. Well, after reviewing the photos, Gruska and his fellow officers were confused about um, the what the mists could be and the figure in the window. He then gets out his audio recorder and skips to the point at which he and the one other officer are alone in the basement. As he listens to himself taking pictures and his fellow officer chatting, he hears a third voice a very loud, very clear voice say, hey. Why is he audio recording? I mean, this is 2011. Why doesn't he just have his phone camera out? Why isn't he just doing a video walkthrough? That's like a paranormal piece of equipment he's got there. They clearly walked into, that's what I'm saying. These three cops, like, first of all, one was necessary, three was overboard. They were hunting ghosts and calling it their job. What the Mm -hmm. fuck? Yeah. This guy was not there to no, he, check on the he children. He was ghost hunting, for sure. But to just have an audio recorder in your pocket and be like, oh, let's just turn this on. What are they looking for? What are they looking for? Ghosts. And this is the a only... waste of taxpayer yeah. money is what this is. Right. <laughs> right. And, and the only reason the police are involved at all is because she called the police and said, my children are being thrown yeah. around the room by an unseen force. And they're like, okay, lady. Maybe it was you. Or super grandma. Right. Definitely grandma. Blaming the grannies. You're team grandma. <laughs> I'm team demon at this point. <laughs> Are you really? No. You're convinced? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Okay. <laughs> Just going to pretend like it for a little while. April 30th, 2012. Lieutenant Gruska sets up a meeting with Latoya's priest, Father Michael, whom Latoya knew well as she and her family were avid churchgoers. He wants to interview him and see what his take on the Ammons family home life is like. So actually, a good move. So it turns out that Father Michael had been to the Ammons house five days before Lieutenant Gruska had gone out to take photographs. He had gone over at the request of LaToya to see what was going on and if there was anything that he could do to assist the family. Father Michael tells Lieutenant Gruska that while he was sitting with the family in the living room, the bathroom lights began to flash on and off. After a while of this, he gets up and he walks over to the bathroom 
But as soon as he enters the bathroom, the flickering stops. Well, duh. That's how it works. When you got loose wires and you're walking around. (laughs) Every time he went to sit back down, it would start up again. This happened repeatedly. While that is happening, Latoya notices an oily liquid running down a blind hanging on a window in the living room. They all examine the window to see if there is any reason that there would be a liquid there, but find none. No crack above the window, nothing coming from the ceiling. It just seems to be forming on the blind. So sweat. Ectoplasm. The window isn't open. Right. But is but it's it not, water? It's not water. It's, it's a thick, it's a really thick, thick oily, oily substance. It's not Are like there water. bees? No. <laughs> bees could be in the walls and it could be honey. No. That happens a lot. Like, I'm not even trying to make it, like... I want that to happen in my house. No, you don't. That's terrible. There would be be bees everywhere. It'd be delicious. We had it at my house. It would smell nice. My room would get flooded with bees. Oh, my God. They do. They find whatever crevice they can, especially around, like, door frames. If you think about the way a door is framed out, it's essentially a giant hole. And bees are itty-bitty. They can get in those itty-bitty little cracks, and then they have this giant place to build a nest. Yeah. No, I I really don't think that was the case, but I do like that a lot. So just then, the cord on the blinds begins to swing back and forth with some pretty good vigor. Not just a little bit of movement, but the windows weren't open. There was no AC. There was no air blowing through the house. And this is according to Father Michael. So as this cord is swinging, Father Michael looks down and sees a giant wet footprint in the carpet. The footprint was way bigger than his foot and everyone else's uh, were obviously too small to have made the print because there's two other women and little kids in the house. So couldn't have been theirs. So he tells Lieutenant Gruska that he advised the family to move out of the house because he didn't feel that it was safe for them to stay. So he's actually the one that initiated okay. them moving out. I mean, if my priest tells me to move somewhere, I'm going to move. You got demons. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> Father Michael wouldn't have to finish the word demons to right. you and he'd see the back of you running away yep. from him. The cops? No, I ain't taking it from nope. the cops. But when a priest says there's demons... Demons are his job, not the police's job. Right. Like God it, knows. Like, this is a God and, you know, Satan kind of situation. So if, you ain't, if you're taking loopholes, yeah. God is like, ah. Close that loophole outright or you're fucked. That's right. <laughs> Spiritual loopholes. I think that's a great other name for a portal. <laughs> Essentially, that's what it yeah. is. Ooh, look over there. It's a gray area. <laughs> We're going to put a spiritual loophole in over there. (laughs) It always seems to be a bedroom closet or a corner in a basement. Yep. A little creepy. May 10th, 2012. Lieutenant Gruska, a new caseworker that had been assigned to the home safety investigation, and a large number of officers returned to the home on Carolina Street. At this point, the house had been unoccupied, no one had been inside, and it was completely locked up for a number of weeks. I think it was like two or three weeks. When Lieutenant Gruska and the caseworker arrived, they were greeted by Father Michael, Latoya, her mother Rosa, and the two boys, Andrew and Amante, and a canine unit. 
The reason for this is that there had been so many odd happenings in the house that the sheriff's department decided that there may be someone living in the home secretly. Like they thought that maybe it was an intruder situation, someone living in the walls or some shit. It's very possible. What do they call those people? This is like, no, this is like a whole phenomenon. And they will only come down at night when yeah. you're asleep. Oh, that is... That is... No. But they go in through open garages mm-hmm. when kids are yeah. out riding bikes and stuff. On YouTube that I've seen of that happening where yeah. the guy's crawling down out into the kitchen at night and like walking around and eating food and then he goes back up before... Yeah. I would like to believe that I would hear that happening. Okay, you need a place to live. Okay, my attic's empty. I got rules. There's right. some ground rules if you're going to be lurking around in the walls and the ceiling of my home. First of all... Don't creep around at night. Yeah. It's freaky. I don't like it. <laughs> Secondly, clean up after yourself. Thirdly, if you're going to be here, do some chores while you're lurking around That's at right, night. That's right, for real. Like, clean the toilet. Do the dishes. When I wake up, you can eat whatever you want. But fucking clean up the kitchen. If you were hiding in the walls of my house, you could literally you would love it. whatever <laughs> you want. And I wouldn't even know because I have so many kids and so much food in my house. I wouldn't even know. Unless there was stuff in the house that you didn't put there. There were just gluten-free wrappers laying around. We just Esther, get out. Get out of my kitchen. (laughs) Esther's in the walls again. We're going to have to set some traps. That's right. Esther-sized traps. Yes. That's a big trap. Giant. Are they live traps? I hope. Hey, I are don't they, know. Are they giant mouse traps? <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever uh, traps I want to set is completely legal. Oh. <laughs> Esther's dead. <laughs> Shit. Okay, so they're back at the house, and they got the canine unit. So before they go into the house for the second home study, they send in the canines to see if there are any intruders. The dogs come back out with no evidence that anyone has been inside. So the police, Father Michael, and the case manager, and Rosa all go back into the house. Latoya and the kids are still refusing to go into the house at this point. So they walk through the main part of the home. And nothing seemed to be out of place. Everything looked exactly like it had been a few weeks ago when they were there. They go to the basement door, open it, and turn on the lights. They notice an oily-like liquid that went down the steps, around the corner, and ended underneath of the stairs. Oh, Gross, right? Do bees do that? (laughs) I don't think they do Okay. Proceeding down the stairs, the case manager touched a cabinet that was mounted to the wall along the stairway. She recoiled in pain, and holding her pinky finger, the others asked her what had happened, and she replied that she wasn't sure, but she touched the cabinet, and now her pinky hurts and tingled, and apparently it turned white. Her pinky turned (laughs) That's, that's it. We I mean, that. I'm not definitely on Team Bee Sting here, but I'm just saying. We're going somewhere with this for sure. I feel like demonic bees, maybe. I don't know. The, the house was infested with bees. Yeah. And flies. Yeah, and flies. Do you think that a large swarm of bees would be capable of lifting a child <laughs> up? Zero percent And throwing them against a wall. What about Bee Man? Maybe this kid oh. is radioactive bee bit. I like that. <laughs> He's now able to stick to shit. 
<laughs> and that's why he walked His up the wall like that. Is that he sticks to shit? That's, yeah. And he can, like, shoot honey. <laughs> like, maybe that's what the thick substance is. Maybe he, it's honey. Maybe he goes to the basement to poop out some honey <laughs> yeah. and then comes back up and has to stop at the door for some reason and wait until nobody's around to come back out. Maybe I, he's pooping honey and accidentally stepped in it. I, Dogs do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this took a turn. <laughs> Spiraling out of control. Sorry. I do like these theories. I've gotten on like 20 theory trains. I like it. I mean, this story (laughs) is not as entertaining without all the theories, to be honest. As far as this part goes with her finger, if you're in a gross basement, you touch a cabinet, there's probably a nail sticking out. It hurt. You Uh held it. Squeeze your finger because you hurt it and let go. It's white. I I don't know. This is like an episode of Scooby-Doo right now. Right? Yep. So they continue to descend into the basement, and they follow the liquid trail under the steps. Okay. Now remember, all the utilities had been turned off, and the liquid started at the top step of the basement and traveled downwards. So there was no liquid outside the door going to the basement. At this point, everyone comes to the consensus that they are going to try digging in the area under the steps. Well, duh. Duh. Lieutenant Gruska begins to dig in the dirt area and gets about two feet down and finds a press-on pink fingernail and women's underwear. He also finds a political pin, like a button, like an old button that you put on your shirt, and the lid from one of the sauce pots from the kitchen, along with some trash and some other random papers. They then realize that it seems as though something is coming out of the basement, going through the house and taking items from the family and going back to the basement under the steps and burying them. Or one of the family members stole the stuff and buried it. Like (laughs) B-Boy. Or new theory. Okay. Hit me. Mom kept grandma in the basement. The kids are doing all of this to help grandma get out of her, like, predicament. And they have been working with grandma this whole time. What predicament is grandma in? Mom keeping her in the basement. Okay, but why is mom keeping her in the basement? Because she's throwing the kids around? Maybe. I mean, I do like that. Or maybe mom's the one throwing the kids around. And she's keeping grandma quiet in the basement. Yes. I like that, too. But why are they bringing her one press-on pink nail and one sauce pot lid? The press-on nail was in there because mom's the one that buried the shit down there and she lost her press-on. Yeah, but why is she why is she burying stuff? Why is she know. burying her underwear in the I basement? <laughs> Let me just bury my underwear next to this. <laughs> like, <laughs> she did not notice that she lost her press-on okay. in the basement. I will give you that. So you think mom's burying shit down there for we don't know what reason. Publicity. She wants to get out of this house and she doesn't want to pay rent. Okay. So it's staged is what you're telling Yes. But keeping grandma in the basement was real. (laughs) No, that was some bullshit. I don't know what I don't know what that was. That was just some bullshit. This theory was confusing. (laughs) I think I like B-Boy better. So they end up only being able to dig a little further down due to the ground being really hard under the first couple of feet that seemed like it was already kind of dug up. The dirt is put back, and as they are leaving the house, Rosa hollers, Hey, come here. 
She is standing on the screened-in porch and looking at the window blind. On the blind was the same oily substance running down. The officers asked Rosa if she had put the liquid there, to which she said no. And Lieutenant Gruska proceeds to wipe the liquid off the blinds and tells everyone to get out of the house. They wait for 25 minutes, went back into the house, and the liquid was back on the blinds. Is it red liquid? Is it amber? Is it clear? There was no color. I couldn't find a color. Color is incredibly important when it comes to a liquid. It's going to indicate blood, honey, ectoplasm. I mean, was it aloe? You know, I don't know. And they're just (laughs) slinging aloe around the house. Like, yeah, this looks good. Yeah. They'll never test it. (laughs) I don't know, man. He's throwing this aloe vera on everything. So sticky. Get it off. God. Fucking kids. Damn it. So, Father Michael, at this point, he had done some research after he had experienced the strange liquid goop the first time and found out that the oily, that an oily substance commonly accompanies a demonic possession in a house. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, he's doing his research better than the cops. I like it. He did. But he, he went straight back to demons. I'm not discounting demons yet. I'm just saying that there's some shady shit happening. So Lieutenant Gruska tells everyone to leave the property. They lock up the whole house and they all leave. The Ammons move to another home and do not experience any further activity. That's it? That's it. But so now we're going to talk about... This is taken from a police report. So a lot okay. of this stuff was in an actual police report written down, verified by... And I hope these fucking cops were straight up fired. Then. No, they were not. But on the other, on the flip side of this report, there was also uh, an actual documentation, not by the police, but of an account from Father Michael Okay. about doing an exorcism. But it was the only one I could find, so... I gave you the main story first, but I'm going to interject the exorcism part now for you. Yes, please. Okay. So the family had asked Father Michael to perform an exorcism. He interviewed the family on April 22nd, 2012. So this date actually falls into where he says he went over to the house before they moved out. But the police report, it says that Lieutenant Gruska talked to Father Michael, and all he said was he went over, the lights were flickering, there was a wet footprint, there was goop, and the blind thing. And they just got out. And and then he told him to leave. Did he fucking neglect to address the fact that he not only did an one exorcism, he performed three. Three exorcisms? Three. He what? did. He did two in English. And then one in Latin, and he did one exorcism, was actually performed on LaToya. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because she wasn't the one walking up the walls backwards. Right. So, so again. So why did the fa- why did Father Michael not say any of this to the sheriff when he was questioned by the sheriff about the family? So that part of the story did not make sense to me. Why was it left out? I think it makes perfect sense because of the church. There is... A channel you have to go through to get permission to do an exorcism easily be excommunicated from the church 
for performing one without the their channels. channels through the church. Right. So he could have easily been covering his own ass yeah. because, and a lot of stuff that happens during exorcisms is ugly. They could have asked for what happened and if yeah. he did anything, you know, towards the children. Well, if anybody or, died or got hurt or... It could yeah. come back to him. Yeah. But... So it, uh, it is... Interesting, though, that he does say, he does claim that he did these exorcisms and that he did conclude that uh, the family was being tormented by demons. So that is his official finding. And then he exorcised them. They left the house, refused to go back in. And then the police and the caseworker were still looking through the house, but two times after that and, you know, found some weird stuff and then they moved and then it was over. So... It's, it's kind of an abrupt ending. I think that maybe LaToya <laughs> yeah. was the problem. Maybe. And they were doing all this to get her help. And maybe, maybe she didn't know it. Maybe she called the cops on herself because she had blacked out and done this. Well, like, but the kids like the, and grandma knew what was going but on. But like the kids, they were doing the same thing. They were forgetting that they had done anything yeah. weird. But if the psychics are to be believed, there are plenty of demons in that house to go around. Right. There are plenty of demons for everybody to be possessed. Yeah. So. The shit happened with the girl at a different house, not at their home. So why was no exorcism performed on the little girl? This is just what I could find. And I'm sure there is like 15 pages more that are out there somewhere. So let's talk about what we don't like about this story. Now, I have a couple uh, noteworthy details for yes. you before we discuss what we don't like about the story, which I think we've pretty much touched on everything we, yeah. that smells bad about this. Or smells good like honey. We yeah. don't know. <laughs> I mean, the house may have smelled pleasant. We're not sure. Um, so Charles Reed, the landlord of the house that uh-huh. LaToya was Here we staying go. in, stated that he had never experienced any supernatural events at the house. His prior tenants also claimed that they had never had such experiences. At the time, LaToya was behind on the lease Uh and used the claim of paranormal activities to avoid payments. Well, duh. The tenant who moved in after LaToya had not noticed any paranormal events either. Reed believed that the events were a hoax. Mm -hmm. The children were interviewed by psychologists and several professionals concluded that the children were acting deceptively... (laughs) And in accordance with their mother's beliefs. (laughs) Tracy Wright, a psychologist, noted that the youngest son acted possessed whenever he was challenged or was asked a question that he did not wish to answer. Uh The Ammons children had a history of poor school attendance and a complaint was filed against the Ammons in 2009. For truancy? For, okay. for not attending school. In 2012, she blamed her children's continued irregular attendance on demonic activities. It was in 2009, so it was way before any of this started with demonic activities. And right. then she came back in 2012 and was like, nah, sorry, demons. Okay, yeah. And, okay, so <laughs> going with that, who just decides one day, man, I got these kids, I'm, I'm not responsible enough to get them to school, They don't want to go to school. I don't want to fight with them. I can't pay my rent. You know what would solve all my problems? Demons. Who comes up with something like that? A lot of people. Really? 
Well, I'm about to fake be a possession because because I don't want to clean the house. Yeah, yeah. This was clearly a rental issue, not a purchased home. No. And she not paying her rent. Went to the landlord and was like, dude, something's wrong. I can't live here. Probably trying for months to get out of this lease because she wasn't going to pay. When all of that didn't work, she's like, can't fight demonic possession. Right. Yeah. Because they're, you know. Take this to a court of law. Right. How how do you get this in court? Exactly. Well, I'm sorry, sir. I was possessed, so my children can't go to school, and they were possessed. And From 2009. Did she even live in that house in 2009? She was only there from November to April. Exactly. Yeah. She could not afford this house, either that or she found another place to live and decided she no longer wanted to live here. For one reason or another, she wanted out or couldn't stay and so this was the excuse but this is what we don't like about it there are just so many things that stink the way that the police investigated this the way that the uh case file manager it investigated this and got swapped and i mean i don't know i think there was just a whole lot of people that were kind of weirded out by the stories that latoya gave them and then went into this with some kind of preconceived Notion. Notion that there was something weird happening in the house Mm -hmm. when in reality it was just a woman who didn't want to pay her rent. And that is the conclusion I've come to. I am with you. I there are many things that smell bad about this case. So is there what do we like about this story? Is there anything good about this story? I mean that's pretty intense. The creepy child. Yeah. The kid. What is insane. Yeah. That had that took some work. Grandma was like, hey. Listen, if we're going to pull off this possession claim, we need to really do something that looks Or the kid scary. did it one day. I love that. Like, we're going to use that. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. In our next... As much as possible. In our next possession act. Yeah. Using that. So I did like that kind of stuff. I like, I like the levitating daughter and yes. all that stuff. Although it doesn't seem like a whole lot happened to her other than that one instance. I also like that I feel like it started with her. Yeah, it it seemed like it started with her, but then never mentioned her again. No. That's kind of strange. Yeah, that is kind of strange. So, I mean, I do like the creepy parts about it. Yes. But there is definitely a lot more that smells bad about this case. What the hell happened? What the hell happened is right. I don't know. I think fraud happened. I think fraud happened. <laughs> that is our official conclusion. Definitely. Yeah. So before we end this episode, I wanted to ask you if you would tell the story about your haunted mirror. (laughs) Because it is Halloween month and I would love to hear the story, even though I kind of had a tiny part of the story happen to me, I'm going to let you tell it because it's a little bit freaky. So I run a business that is repurposing and finding old things, furniture, all kinds of stuff. So went to a garage sale and there was this beautiful, ornate mirror. I like the most beautiful mirror I've ever seen in my life. And I only wanted a buck for it. And well, it has to come home with me, even though my husband has told me I am not allowed to buy any more mirrors. I put it in my dining room at the end of the table Had it there for, like, I don't know, a total of two days before I started hearing noises. It sounded like someone was banging on the wall behind the mirror. 
it sounded like banging on the wall to the point where like it was going to knock the mirror off the wall because there's a bathroom on the opposite side and I would I went into that bathroom and I could hear it it clearly wasn't coming from the room behind the mirror because I was in it and it sounded like it was right on top of me and it was so loud well and you ended up calling your husband I called him and I was freaked out and he makes fun of me all the time because yeah. he doesn't believe anything I say ever, essentially. Um, so I'm like, honey, there's somebody in the house or something. Go get the gun. Why don't you have the gun with you? Is all he has to say. Right. So I'm like walking through the house and I'm getting the gun. And Is it just me or is, hey, honey, something weird is happening in the house. Like my brain is at something supernatural and they're like go get the gun like what am I gonna do shoot a ghost exactly anyway been doing this for years essentially my whole life my mom had a business as well never brought anything in and and this mirror it was day one it was very creepy my kids didn't even want to eat dinner in the dining room they were like that mirror is real weird it's weird and you hadn't told them about the thumping right because they are a little younger so, I mean, you didn't tell them that, but they just got vibes. Yeah. They just were like, I don't love that mirror. I think something is real weird with that mirror. We ended up coming over then. Yes. A right? couple days later. A couple days later. And she had called me and was telling me about this mirror. And, you know, I love a good deal, too. So she was like, I got it for a buck. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So we go over and the men are planning a fishing trip. So that was the reason for the visit. But she had told me before that she got this mirror and whatever. So I was excited to get to see it. And she had already told me about the thumping and that kind of stuff. But I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's an old thing, maybe whatever. But we weren't like putting too, too much validity in this mirror. So the men were in the basement. The first thing that happened was that the men were expecting one more of their buddies to show up. Yep. And uh, Alice and I were watching TV in the living room, and there is a door right across from the living room, and then the other door that goes in through the garage that people typically come in is right in the kitchen, and then there's another door in the living room. There's three ways to get into the upstairs of the house. Alice's husband comes running out of the basement, and he goes, hey, was that so-and-so banging on the door? Is so-and-so here? And we're like, what are you talking about? We, we were sitting by all of the doors. We heard nothing. And they heard this loud banging from the basement, which is right underneath the dining room, right <laughs> underneath the dining room, right, yeah. is where they're um, where they were having their meeting. And we were like, uh, you're crazy. We're sitting right next to all the doors. Yeah. Somebody beat on the door. We would have heard it. Right. And we would have hollered for you. He's like, whatever. And we looked at each other. And we were like, oh, fuck, this right. is not right. So at some point after that, the kids are in bed. They're tucked away in their bedrooms. They are asleep. They have not made a peep in an hour. You know, lights are out. No cell phone lights on. Right. Or anything. So I decide that I need to use the bathroom. So I go down the hallway and the hallway is off the living room. And the kids' bedrooms are at the end of that hallway. And I go down the hallway into the bathroom, do my thing open the door, turn off the bathroom light, and head out into the hallway. The hallway light is not on, but at the end of the hallway is the living room, and there's light coming from the living room. Right. So as I come out of the bathroom and turn down the hallway, I am startled, and I stop, and I, like, backpedal because 
I think that my husband, who is six foot four, has come up and down the hallway to also use the bathroom. So I kind of stop and, you know, when you turn the corner and you're not expecting someone to be there, you kind of right. jump. And I, and I did. And then I realized that there is nothing in front of me. Um, so I just saw this really large black shape that easily could have been one of our giant husband's. And there was nothing there. Like it was there and then it wasn't. And I know that when I came out the end of the hallway, yes, you saw the look on my face and I was, yeah, you were, I was confused. You were ghost white, like disoriented. Never seen that look on your face yeah. ever in my life. I was so confused because yeah. I, I would have a hundred million percent told you that there was someone in the hallway with me it was that solid of a shape and large and and on the other side of the wall of the hallway is the dining room the dining right so anyway i explained to her what happened and she's like shit like that's really weird and we're kind of not necessarily tying this to the mirror at this point we're just like that's weird let's let's put out there also that her house her backyard it's a cemetery. <laughs> yes. So I get, you know, things like my dog will bark randomly into the and cemetery. Yeah. Again, it's probably a squirrel. It's whatever. Right. It's not a big thing. I've seen crazy shit on my um, cameras. Always able to explain it away. Right. Whatever. So very rational. Like when, when something happens in her house like this, they, they are not quick. To jump no. to demons and ghosts and, and stuff. It's it's whatever, you know? Yeah. It's like, how can we explain this? And then if we can't, like, oh, that was weird. Let's move on, you right. know? Exactly. So at this point, we're not really connecting any kind of dots or anything no. like that. Um, but that was, for me, that was one of the most solid things that I have ever visually seen by all accounts, wasn't there. Um, and the lights were on in the yeah, kitchen and living we room, were... all the other rooms except for the hallway and yeah. down where the kids were. So it was weird. We were sitting on the couch then. Yeah, and we started talking, t- turned around, kind of stopped watching TV. And I'm sitting there and she was kind of behind me. So I had to kind of turn. And when I turned, I would have been looking down the hallway past her. And then I could also Towards see... the front door. Right, down the other side of the dining room towards our front door and that light was on right next to that is our dining room i am talking to her not even really looking that direction yeah and at this point we had moved past my incident yeah we were just whatever. i think we were eating candy yeah <laughs> we were just whatever you know at this point bored and tired and wanting the boys to be done with their shenanigans on everything i saw someone very tall peer out of the dining room as if, you know, kids playing, like, hide-and-seek, and, seek, and yeah. they just hide behind something and just, right. just show their head. Well, and wasn't there, like, a light up there, too? Yeah. yeah I thought the you said was... you saw, like, a ball of light up by the ceiling. Well, I saw this image, mm-hmm. and then the light kind of went from the dining room. So it was it was just going kind of across. Okay. And again, it's just as wide as a doorway. So it would Yes. It wasn't like running or you know, it wasn't no. super fast, but it was just like someone walked. The house is not enormous. No. And it's a ranch. 
So there's not a ton of levels. There's the basement and then the main level. And the guys are all really big guys. Had they come upstairs and been walking around, there would have been no sneaky quietness for them. They're elephants when they're walking around through the house. So, and they would have had to, we would have seen them because as soon as they come up the stairs into the kitchen, we have our eyes on them. Right. They had to pass us to get to the dining room. So there was no way for any of them. And they were all down there. We could hear them, you know, so... It was, it was definitely freaky. And then, so we left. We had the mirror for two weeks total. So you have your son and your daughter living there. That Both of their attitudes just flipped. Mean. Yeah. I mean, they were just And And her son is mean. one of, like, the sweetest, <laughs> yeah. kindest, never wants to upset anybody, just genuinely wants to help you get it done kind of kid, yep. you know. Your daughter is feisty. You know. <laughs> She's super feisty. But, but this was, like, different, though, no. right? Yeah. He is, honestly, he doesn't, there's no talking back. There's no nothing. And he just mean. It was like they weren't sleeping at all. And they did. They said they were having weird dreams. And they every day, they yeah. didn't want to eat dinner. They felt like dining room was Bad. creepy and they always they said it was the mirror they didn't say it was anything else they didn't say they thought they saw things they said that mirror freaks me out and i was like but it's a beautiful mirror i love right. it right it you know it was so great dollar. it was one dollar it's yeah. literally the coolest right. mirror i've ever seen ever yeah it's so, so so I think you called me then at that point because you were just like I don't know what to I do. Can't do this anymore. Right. I like, really so yeah. my husband has started to hear it too and my husband and I had been downstairs in bed and we always have to stay up a little bit later because my daughter is severely ADHD and she will get out of bed and get candy and all kinds of stuff. Um, Kitchen reader. uh But you can very easily tell when it's her, you know, she is, she stomps very loudly. And then, but you can hear her jump back into bed too. Like you can hear the bed springs, you know, but well, after she would be asleep, my dog started wanting out four times a night. This dude wanted out all night long. He would just bark, 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 and then he wouldn't go potty. So we don't know if he wanted out or if he was just trying to wake us up or right. something was just freaking him out or right. what. He heard the, the banging. loud banging and you could tell where in the house it was coming from. I mean, it was directly above. above us. So he, at this point, had started to believe it. We buy old <laughs> stuff all the time, and this has never, ever happened. I think you were struggling with the idea that it could be the mirror. Yeah, because I know? definitely didn't want to believe that that is actually something that happened. And I've never had that happen. No. I, I think I suggested... Have your husband take it out and put it in his truck Yeah, for the night and see if the kids sleep better, see if you feel better in the morning, or just leave it in his truck for a couple of days and see what happens. He did, right? He took it out of the house. Well, no, he wouldn't for like two days because oh. I was like, I want it gone. He thought you were being silly. He, Yeah, he was like, you're overreacting. It is just a mirror. And I was like, no, no, this is not just a mirror at right. this point. He was like, two days. No, really, it needs to go now. He's like, I thought you were kidding. He actually took it to the dumpster the next day. So it did. It stayed at out. His, at his, his work. Yep. It yeah. stayed in his truck the night and we immediately all felt better. Especially my son. It was terrible. Yeah. 
everything was completely normal again. So weird. And he he said that I'm so glad that mirror's gone. Isn't that strange that we obviously believe in things and we have had experiences ourselves, but then we deny it to our kids? Is that really the right thing to do? Protecting them from something, but maybe knowing and being curious about it, knowing that, yes, sometimes these unexplained things happen, maybe isn't terrible right thing I don't know I just feel like they're kids and they shouldn't have I shouldn't encourage that um yeah and I mean you definitely don't want them to get to a point where they're acting possessed exactly you know just to be turds so yeah I just I really thought that was an interesting story something that happened recently I mean this was just earlier this year oh yeah it was earlier this year yeah spring it was an early garage sale you got any other demons hiding around? <laughs> Let me see your closet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that is it. That's our story. Want to say goodbye? Yes. Goodbye. Bye. Do you have a story that's weird or fascinating? Would you like to have your story read at the end of an episode? If so, please send your story to wthh.podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your stories. If you'd like more episodes and bonus content, join Patreon to become a member. If you liked our episode, please remember to like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.